The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Well, it looks like the top wide receivers are going to be duking it out all year. That was pretty awesome. Looks like the first round running backs, uh, they're going to give you some headaches. Of course, those would be week one overreactions. But we do have plenty to talk about on today's show. Unfortunate injury news. T. Higgins with the concussion. Keenan Allen with the hamstring injury. Hopefully Najee Harris, not too serious of an injury. But of course, Elijah Mitchell, that's just a heartbreaker. Uh, Saquon Barkley, is he back? Justin Jefferson, is he the best wide receiver in football? He's determined to make you think that. Let's go. I'm Adam Azer with Dave Richard and Heath Cummings. Special surprise Sunday night guest. You guys ready? Yeah. JB sure. Eisenberg wanted to join us today. Hey. Yeah, wow. <laughs> oh, you grace us with your presence, sir. What's up? Well, I'm in between hits, so I'm sitting in front of the camera anyway. I figured I might as well. When I saw your email about the notes, I'm like, oh, they're about to start. Let me see what they're up to. All right. All right. Yeah, you'll be on and, and, and listening to your uh, welcome to YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for those of you who don't know what Jamie's talking about, please go check out my YouTube intro. It was one of my best. All right. Uh, let's start with our biggest winners and biggest losers. Give me one from each of you. Heath, biggest winner in Fantasy Week 1. I don't even know... If I sent this to you in text, but it has to be Saquon Barkley because the Monstars gave him his talents back. And um, Saquon Barkley is Saquon Barkley again. It was wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. You're you going to have the, the ninth pick next year instead of the sixth pick. It's uh, going to be awesome. Uh, yeah. Where does that win rank for you in the last five years? <laughs> the best win by any team in the last five years that I've ever this rooted is, for. This is Saquon Barkley's first time above 500 in his career, I believe. Oh God! Is really? that a fact? Probably true. So, yeah. Wow, he's above 500 for the first time, and Sean McVay under 500 mm-hmm. for the first time. 18 carries, 164 yards, and a touchdown, and six carries for 30 yards. And if you didn't see it, I mean, he just looked terrific. We don't have to get into that. He's obviously a winner, and uh, you know, I don't know. Do you want to talk about where he's? Ra- we don't have to really rank him rest of the season, right? He's a must start. Number guy. one. 
Number one. He might be no. number two behind DeAndre Swift. It's Swift and then Barkley. All right. If you have Saquon no, Barkley, if you have Saquon Barkley, you're 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 offering Barkley for for McCaffrey for sure, right? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I have I have two leagues with uh, with Barkley and and McCaffrey, and in one of the leagues, uh, somebody we're just talking trash, and the whole league was, and some guy says if if Jamie gets Barkley and and McCaffrey healthy the entire season, there's no way anybody's coming close to this. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't even matter the rest of my team. <laughs> uh, Dave, who's your big winner from week one? Oh, dude, I'm thrilled about James Robinson. Not only did he play, not only did he score two touchdowns. He played exactly 50% of the snaps for the Jaguars, and I think that number could actually go up in the next couple of weeks. Very excited. I got him in a bunch of leagues, anybody that drafted him. I I think we were expecting that maybe Robinson would be a factor starting in October, but not this Robinson, maybe the other Robinson on the team that he played today. Um, And he looked good. He looked good based on what I saw on TV. So happy to see James Robinson back and happy for fantasy managers that took the chance on him. You know, one of my buy or sells, I think I think we, this is a pretty big storyline, so let's do it now. Let's do this. Buy or sell, and then, Jamie, you can give us a big winner. Uh, Khalil Herbert, Daryl Henderson, James Robinson, and Michael Carter will all be the best running backs in their respective backfields. Khalil Herbert, Daryl Henderson, James Robinson, and Michael Carter will all be the best running backs in their respective backfields. Buy or sell, Jamie? I don't think all of them, so I'll sell. But some of them, yes. Can I buy for week two and sell for rest of season? Uh, for how many of them? I think I probably buy their all the best backs for week two. Khalil Herbert, Daryl Henderson, James Robinson, Michael Carter. Who who in that group is going to be the best running back in their backfield for the full season? I'd say Henderson right now. Yeah, but is he going to last the season? I mean, you can say that about any of them, though. Is, is Acres? <laughs> yeah, it's true. The more like I don't you know see if there's one that will for that, sure that do night game, the more ugly it looks. Yeah, I think Robinson probably has the best chance. I agree. I mean, Michael Carter with a big win in Week One over Brees Hall too. He did. That's the most yeah. troubling one. Did Brees Hall lead the team in targets? Uh, he might have. <laughs> if it wasn't Carter him, nine, it might have been Carter. <laughs> They both. I think had a he ton. led the team, and Carter was second. Yeah, what fifty nine at ten? Times. Carter at nine. Corey Davis. Welcome, at Joe nine. Flacco. It's hard. To yeah, call it all changes with back who Wilson. sees ten targets in week one, like a loser. But he is, isn't he? Absolutely, he is. I mean, look, he, he did have ten targets. Carries. The Jets threw fifty nine times, right? Right. So it's still Which a great they're number. They're not going to do every week. But isn't isn't is Brees Hall not a loser? Huge loser, but he was a loser coming in when we got this stuff this the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I wouldn't mind trying to buy low on Brees Hall this week. I don't think. Okay. Would yeah, you- if you have if you have the ability to wait it wait it out, he should be the better of the two long term, at least the hope. <sighs> Jamie, I know you're a big ETN guy, and ETN should have caught two touchdowns today. He dropped one, and he was overthrown on one by Lawrence, mm-hmm. who needs to stop missing people who are open. But uh, Jamie, how you feeling about the Jaguars right now? That their backfield. I mean, obviously, I'm not as encouraged by ETN, but I still think he's going to play a significant factor. So I think both these guys are going to matter. Um, you know, as Dave said, Robinson's back sooner. At back, back at being, you know, um, I don't know, great, but back at being, you know, a significant part of this offense and, and looking pretty healthy. You know, it, uh, he's by far, you know, if you look at the Achilles injuries and, you know, what Cam Akers looked like last year, again, 
you know, being the circumstances of what it was for him um, and the teams he was facing. Robinson just looked explosive, which was fun to see. You know, so hopefully that's the case moving forward. But I don't think ETN's done by any stretch. And so I'm curious to see what happens against a very good run defense next week for the Colts. Okay, Jamie, who's your big winner for week one? Michael Thomas. You know, welcome back. Great to see him perform like he did. And, you know, big part of the Saints comeback. Um, for a guy that's never scored double digits in touchdowns, he's on pace for 36, which is fun. So, you know, um, the Jameis to Thomas connection took a little while to get going. But once it got started... Hopefully it's never going to stop again. You know, so uh, ugly, ugly first half for Jameis, ugly first half for the Saints, but great rally by them and, and great performance by Thomas. Can I can I make fun of the University of Florida now since you did the math wrong on Michael Thomas? Thirty-four. All right. Yeah. yeah tw- bad bad weekend for the Gators. Bad weekend for Tony. Bad weekend for McPherson. Bad weekend for who? Oh, Damian Pierce. Um, bad weekend for the Gators. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, all right just Jamie since you're hopping off soon give me your biggest loser I guess Pierce Um, you know that was uh, no I should go start of the week you know that was that was just bad by Trey Lance you know obviously weather was frustrating and no Kittle was frustrating but he looked awful you know and so we'll see what he does next week against Seattle Um, it's a good bounce back spot for him because it's the Seahawks coming on a short week going on the road Uh, they'll be at home you know so it's a good setup for him to bounce back but I don't know how many people are going to trust him I mean he wasn't even started in 50% of leagues uh, to begin with. And so I wouldn't drop him. I wouldn't do anything crazy like that. But I think better days are ahead. Um, but if he has another game like this, you know, you're going to see Jimmy Garoppolo out there probably for the 49ers. So a uh, big loser for Trey Lance and bad call by me at the start of the week. But what did you guys think of that game? I mean, was, how much are you putting on the weather and the field conditions? And because both quarterbacks obviously struggled, but hey, it might not, it might not have been the weather. No, that, I, that game I watched. That one and the Eagles and Lions probably most closely. And I, the first two and a half, three quarters, there may have been little spurts of significant rain, but it wasn't bad football weather. The last quarter and a half was just a miserable monsoon and shouldn't be held against anybody. Um, but the, the first half plus of that game wasn't that bad weather-wise. Okay. Right. Uh, Dave, your biggest loser. Biggest loser, Amari Cooper, who had six targets, caught half of them, had 17 yards. Jacoby Brissett looked awful. You can throw David Njoku on that list, too. I was a big fan of his. Uh, somehow, he still outperformed Cole Komet. Uh, Cooper <laughs> just absolutely was not a, a, a significant factor at all. Browns were able to win running the football. That's how they're going to want to win every single game this year. Very nervous about Amari Cooper until week, when is it, 13? When he'll be back? When Deshaun Watson will be back yeah. and able to help uh, us? Yeah. Yeah. Bad bad start for Cooper. His best play was when Brissett threw across his body on a bomb into the end zone. And it, it was a poorly thrown ball. And C.J. Henderson, another Gator, went and like, like grabbed him, tackled him to the ground, and he drew a defensive pass interference penalty because of Henderson just grabbing him unnecessarily in the end zone. It set up a Kareem Hunt touchdown. Well, yeah, so good for him. Adam, I, I have yeah, to, I have I have to go. points for that. I have to go, but help me with the, the math here because obviously I'm not good at it. How many catches did Kareem Hunt have to? I think he only had two, right? I know he caught a touchdown, but uh, let's see. Kareem Hunt had four. Oh, four. Damn it. Four. Had four. <laughs> what's, our, what's our pace? That would be 68. No. Right? Wait, 17. Oh, yeah. yeah That's right. Good math. All right. So you're, yeah, on, you're, on pace. you're on pace for the over. Our bet is uh, 60 catches for Kareem Hunt. I took the under. 
Yes, and then you have to shave your eyebrows. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't think that was part of it. I think yep. you have to shave your eyebrows and then glue the eyebrow hair under your nose for a mustache. Okay. All right. Exactly. Fine. That makes a lot he of got, sense. He said, okay. Got to go by, Jamie. Later, man. All right. So, Heath, who's the biggest loser this week? Another one I didn't send you via text, but they're all coming to me now. It's obviously Kadarius <laughs> Tony. Um, this week's all about the Giants, really. That I agree. Yes. Uh, apparently, the coaching staff hates Kadarius Tony. Richie James is better than him in their eyes. So is Wandale Robinson and Sterling Shepard on one Achilles. Um, he did not, he played two snaps in the first half, did not earn a target in the entire game and had two rush attempts in the fourth quarter, seven um, snaps total. And this was with Wandale Robinson being injured early in the game and not playing any more snaps. Yeah. Um, he's like wide receiver five currently. There was a period of time when he was just sitting on the bench by himself away from the rest of the team, not talking to anybody. Then he tried to pretend like he was a good teammate, or that he was not sad anymore. But his two his two carries were very impressive. <laughs> 29, 23 yards on it. No, it's a shame. Should we drop Kadarius Tony or give him another week? Oh, I don't know if you can feel good about. You can carry him on your bench if you want to just see what happens against Carolina next week. Eventually, you'd think that he'd be a much bigger part of the offense because he's such a playmaker. But there, there's clearly something that's not connecting there. If he's barely playing and he's not getting targeted and he's not running many routes, obviously, because he's not playing, he's not getting targets, uh, he's he's going to have to like show out and practice before he plays. Who knows when that's going to happen? We should probably just start Sterling Shepard. Well, we should probably he, just start. I, I, nobody's starting Kadarius, Tony. And you could cut him for somebody off the waiver wire if you yeah, his roster spot should be available. Sure. And they, he, I mean, they threw 21 times for 188 yards. So, I, I mean, I guess if they throw the ball more, Shepard could be. Well, no, he wasn't playing. <laughs> it, won't, it won't help if they no, throw Shepherd, the ball more. Right. He's talking, the I'm talking about Shepard. But, I, I, you know, it wasn't like a great day for Shepard. He had a 65-yard oh, touchdown catch. Right. But four targets, two catches, 71 yards, and a touchdown. But it was a great day for, for players coming back. And, and no joke, from players, players coming back from Achilles injuries. It was a great day to see that this is not a career ender. This is not something you can't recover from. Robinson for back. Shepard back. Uh, uh, Akuda back uh, for the Lions. And I think it's encouraging because you wouldn't, you just wouldn't expect that, you know, a few years ago for three guys to be able to contribute in week one coming off torn Achilles, especially for Shepard. It was so late in the year. Uh, all right, let's get to the big news in just a second here. We do have a lot of other podcasts that are just as good as Fantasy Football Today. I mean, you love our show, right? Well, CBS Sports Podcasts are freaking awesome. We've got a combat sports podcast. We've got... Uh, nothing personal with David Sampson. We've got college football. We've got college basketball. We've got Pick 6, hosted by Will Brinson. We've got the best lineup of podcasts. Please go to cbssports.com slash podcasts and check them all out. All right, the big news. Patrick Mahomes hurt his wrist. Doesn't seem serious. They're going to do some tests on it. That's not the headliner right now. Hopefully it's and It was nothing. his left wrist, not the one he throws with. Okay. Uh, but T. Higgins left with a concussion in the first quarter. In two games without T. Higgins last year, Tyler Boyd had 11 targets on uh, 17 targets, pardon me, on 50 Joe Burrow pass attempts over two games. He caught a touchdown in one game. He had 118 yards in another game. Tyler Boyd will be a hot waiver wire candidate. And Keenan Allen left in the first half and still led the team in receiving because Joe Burrow threw 34 passes and no one had more than four targets. But Keenan Allen left with a hamstring injury, and that just stinks. I mean, that's like, that stinks. 
You meant Herbert there. What did I say? Yeah. Burrow. Burrow. Yeah, sorry. Uh, There's a lot of football players. It's hard to keep track of them. <laughs> it's not like it's my job. Anyway, yeah, Joe, uh, Justin Herbert threw the ball around. He spread it around. Nobody had more than four targets. Um, four yards away from going over his player prop total. So if you were going to pick up a wide receiver, would it be Josh Palmer? Would it be Tyler Boyd? Would it be someone else? Oh, if Higgins is going to be out for a while, I love the idea of Tyler Boyd. I would take him ahead of Palmer. We for just sure. saw what, what happened in, in this game. Herbert spread it all over the place. Everett had four targets. DeAndre Carter had four targets. Palmer had four targets, too. He just didn't do a whole lot with them. Yeah. Mike Williams had four targets. Boyd is 54% rostered. Heath, how about you? Who's your favorite in this two, these two situations? Yeah, I think it would be Boyd. Um, I'm just... The Chargers situation is a bit mystifying without Keenan Allen just because he's been such a, a huge part of that. I, I, don't, I don't feel confident Palmer's just going to take Keenan Allen's targets. I think I feel pretty confident in this. I believe there was only one game last year that Allen didn't play and Josh Palmer had a pretty big game. Uh, but Jalen Guyton might have also had a big game. That was against the Giants. Uh, Elijah Mitchell left in the second quarter with a knee injury. So is Jeff Wilson the waiver wire headliner? Probably. Maybe. You know, Chris Towers has been on Jordan Mason, who's an undrafted rookie that I think the 49ers like a lot. And I wonder if he could end up being the guy. It's someone I'm going to have to do a little studying on tomorrow. But Mason was active today. And, and it Davis was pretty Price much was not. all Wilson, right? Yeah. Yes. And Wilson had a fumble late. Like it was just. It was no, cool it was overturned. Game. Okay. But he still coughed up the ball. Yeah. Um, but in that weather. Yeah. The other thing that you've got to worry about is Debo clearly is being used as a running back. <laughs> yeah. And he's still really freaking great at it. Yeah. So I even if, even if it was Jeff Wilson is the main guy, even Wilson's the main guy, Debo's going to take work away. I don't know how big of a priority I would make Jeff Wilson. It's a terrible contract for to give a running back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeff Wilson played four games last year without Elijah Mitchell. He had 20 touches, 13 touches, 23 touches, and 17 touches in those four games. So, I mean, certainly we're going to tell you to pick up Jeff Wilson. We'll have to reassess. We don't know the severity of the Elijah Mitchell injury as it is, but we'll, you know, we'll let you know on Tuesday. He gets Tuesday. hurt all the time. Of course, of course. Uh, Najee Harris left with an injury. That one like, doesn't seem to be bad right now, but we don't know. This is the list, Frank, right? It was a foot. I don't know if it was the list, Frank. I mean, he had a list, Frank, that they told us something different about during the preseason. What, and then he was on the sideline and got mad and threw his shoe and pointed at his foot. Mm. Okay, well, okay, so it doesn't sound great, but the <laughs> severe one is T.J. Watt. He might be lost for the season with a torn. It could be a torn pectoral, and he, yeah, was, he was saying it as he walked off the field. He was he went destroying right the them, yes. destroying the Bengals. All right, so we'll keep you posted on Najee Harris. Who's the handcuff there? Jalen Warren. Jalen Warren played 100% of the snaps after, after Najee got hurt. Very nice blitz pickup. Yep. Yeah, he'll be the one. Mac Jones has But a that offensive line injury. was so bad. Mac Jones has so a back How injury. How bad was it, Dave? Yeah, no, it was bad. It's, of course it's bad. <laughs> it looked like five Dave Richards blocking for Mitchell Trubisky. All right, la the last significant injury to talk about is Mac Jones. Back injury, x-rays were negative. Guys, I don't know, but if Mac Jones doesn't play, I'm just going to have trouble starting Patriots wide receivers. Maybe they'll bring back Cam. <laughs> <laughs> bring back Cam? 
All right, guys. Oh, I just got your joke. I don't want to start any Patriots. You really in your joke there. Thank you. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, don't step on this ad read for SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best app to get tickets. The only app that you need to get tickets. I use SeatGeek all the time. I'm religiously on SeatGeek looking for price drops for the Miami-Florida State game. Unfortunately, they are going in the other direction, but that's okay. But if there's a concert coming to town, any type of game, any sport, you pick it. Go on SeatGeek. This is the place to go, and we've got a great offer for you as well. But I can tell you that I personally is, is the only site I use. You will not need another site. They pull in tickets from all over the web, so you don't have to go searching all around. You just go to SeatGeek.com or you download the SeatGeek app, and you search for your event. You're going to find great, great uh, prices. And they have this very easy-to-read chart. Green dots, big green dots is what you're looking for. Those are the best values. The red dots, those tickets are overpriced. So they tell you what the best values are, and you can get $20 off your purchase. So what you're going to do is you're going to go to SeatGeek.com or download the SeatGeek app. Get 20 bucks off your first purchase with our promo code. It is FFT. The promo code is FFT for 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, get your seat in a seat. Download the app today. And again, that promo code is FFT. Adam. Yes, sir. Jeff Miller of the Los Angeles Times says that Keenan Allen indicated after the game that he didn't think his hamstring injury was serious. Uh, the team is saying that they're not sure yet about the severity, but Keenan Allen seemed to think that he would be okay. We will wait and see. I got to tell you, this is a tough show because it's like I don't want to spend too much time on any one thing because there are so many things to talk about. But whenever you have one game, like if Mike Williams had a bad game in week seven, they might not care. But somehow Justin Herbert has a huge day and Mike Williams gets four targets, and that was weird. Uh, DJ Moore, I'm, I'm not picking on Heath. I'm just thinking off the top of my head. DJ Moore had a bad game. Michael Pittman was incredible. He looked like he could be a top-five wide receiver. Um, the wide receivers in general were much better than the elite running backs. Cordero Patterson. Gonna, so anyway, my point is I'm going to let you guys do the talking. We're going to fly through these topics. We're going to get to the games, and let's, uh, let's do some buy or sell. My first one was buy or sell. Saquon Barkley is back. I think we're going to buy that, right? Yes. Uh, how about this? Buy or sell A.J. Dillon, who had 10 carries to, I think, five for Aaron Jones. A.J. Dillon will be better than Damian Pierce and Brees Hall rest of season. I think I had A.J. Dillon ranked ahead of Damian Pierce and Brees Hall in my final redraft rankings. Um, so, yes, I believe that. I, I did it. not. I did not have it, but I wish I did. I will buy it as well. I might have had Pierce like one spot higher. It was it was right in there, but yeah, I I buy that. The problem is, is that if we're buying that and AJ Dillon's going to be a good fantasy running back, what does it mean for Aaron Jones? What does it mean, man? Because well, he could. It definitely looks like they're splitting snaps fairly close to 50-50. and Dillon, I believe, had the edge on short yardage goal line. And third down snaps in this game. Facts, he did. Small edge, but an edge nonetheless. Aaron Jones had five carries. It was, um, I mean, I yeah, don't I mean, understand like, it. He picked up 49 yards on those five carries, but it was not a good day for Aaron Jones. I was surprised at how little he caught the ball. That, But they looked terrible. They need their offensive tackles. It was a really bad day at the office for the Packers. Um, and hopefully that's something that they can reverse. Remember, week one was... For them, last year was even worse. Um, I had another buy or sell. Well, I already gave the one about the backup running backs. How about Devin Duvernay, two touchdowns today, or Kyle Phillips, 
Six catches, 66 yards on nine targets to lead the Titans. Should be rostered in at least 40% of CBS Sports Leagues next week. Devin DuVernay or Kyle, Kyle Phillips, they are basically completely uh, not ro- you know, unrostered. Right, they're available. You can get them anyway. Uh, should be rostered in at least 40% of leagues. I think I like Phillips better. And he still made mistakes in the game and, and did well. And usually that's the signal to Heath to tell me that I'm off base here and that I should go with DuVernay. But I can't imagine DuVernay is going to catch two touchdowns a week. I can't imagine that he's going to continue to see targets and Mark Andrews gets nothing. Um, I think Phillips is that lock in the slot. I think he's going to keep getting targets and catches each week. I would lean towards Phillips. I'd like to know a list of players that are rostered in approximately 40% of leagues. Cause I don't know if I know what that, like that seems like it's maybe a little high for those kind of guys. We're going to cycle through these types of wide receivers throughout right. the year. Right. Uh, we've got to talk, I guess, a little bit about the waiver wire. Uh, so I'll ask you for a quick, an early look at the waiver wire. Jeff Wilson obviously is going to be, well, let's say the 49ers backfield. We'll sort it out. Um, probably the Chargers and Tyler Boyd and maybe Josh Palmer or something. But you know, who else are our fantasy managers going to need to add this week? Anyone really jump out at you? We're going to need more, inf- more injury information, like maybe Jalen Warren. Anyone that's not injury-related? Anyone who just performed? Sterling Shepard. Um, what about O.J. Howard? O.J. Howard, two touchdowns. Hit yeah, two he targets, hit two targets. He? Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, People are going to ask about Taysom Hill. And is Taysom Hill somebody to pick up off the waiver wire because you can use him as a tight end? I, if, you, if you can. If you can. You can on CBS. Um, do so at your own peril, man, because he's not a typical tight end. Doesn't really catch a lot of passes. He's going to have to have a long run or a touchdown. Um, Here, here's one. Here's one. Yeah, go you gonna, why, would you drop George Pickens for Jarvis Landry? Man, I don't want to. Because I, I, yeah. I love the talent, but it, it's pretty clear that the Steelers' offense has some flaws, and he's not going to be a top target getter there. Pat Fryermuth is a winner, by the way. Yeah, oh, yeah. Tons um, of targets, made some big plays. They had a flea flicker design to him. I mean, he, they love him. It sounds like he's going to be a, a pretty good steal for fantasy managers who took him. I think I'd have to take Landry over Pickens. I, I don't I so, like uh, it. Wow, really? Okay. I don't like it. Yeah, I mean, but Landry, the name of the game is stats. Underrated, underrated day today, huh? Seven catches, 114 yards. He is 43% rostered. Yeah, and uh, I'll tell you something else. The Saints offense looked like poo-poo for the first half of the game. There were a lot of teams that just looked terrible to start, especially at the 1 o'clock games. It was like everybody's alarms went off an hour late. Yeah. If you were playing in the early games, but once Winston got going <laughs> in the second half, they uh they they really the Saints really started to look good. They look like a better team. Can anyone relate to that alarm going off a little late? No. All right. Oh, I thought you were because la- Heath was like a little late to the eight a.m. show today, and I saw you smile. I, I saw you smile. Would, no, I was my alarm was I'm, I got up about five forty five. Okay. I don't know okay. why we're going to bring it up the time. That Heath's the one causing us to be late. I just, though, I, saw your you fault, smile. Heath, I saw you smile when Dave said that, so I thought you were, that I'd, happened to you. This I'd like morning. to see our on time percentage as a collective group. <laughs> um, I, people are talking about Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson. Yeah. Dotson was. I mean, that, I, 
it's almost like the O.J. Howard situation, though. Yeah. Well, at least he had five targets. Yeah, he was clear. I think I, I think I'd have to prioritize Curtis Samuel over John Dotson right now. Yes, I would he, too. He's the wide receiver too right now. Eleven targets for Curtis Samuel. Would you car- uh, prioritize Curtis Samuel or Jarvis Landry? Samuel feels gross, doesn't it? But I think I'd say the same thing. I, mean, if I think prioritize Carson Wentz. You could, but I, I don't think anybody prioritizes quarterbacks except in two quarterback leagues, and Wentz was already taken in two quarterbacks. I wish I'd have made it Carson Wentz versus Derek Carbett. See, I think a, a similar, a similar. You yeah, let's see if you say that like three <laughs> weeks from now. <laughs> a, a, a similar thing to pick dropping Pickens for Jarvis Landry kind of feels like dropping Trey Lance for Carson Wentz, uh, which I wouldn't do. I could certainly see Wentz having a better season, but. You know, I feel like Carson Wentz is probably who he is. Had a great day today. I, you know, I'm not super mm-hmm. jazzed about it. And I, I mean, I personally feel that way about Landry, but I don't know that Pickens. I, I man, if, if a rookie wide receiver is going to be good, I've learned my lesson, man. You should not drop him after week one. <laughs> you should give rookie wide receivers a little bit of time to get things going. That's and a good I don't, point. I don't think Pittsburgh had the ball very much, if I recall. I think Cincinnati absolutely owned time of possession. Uh, Pittsburgh's offense really sucked. So that that was part of it, um, but okay. Listen, that's we got a whole Tuesday show for that, right? T- Pittsburgh had the ball for 26 minutes and 17 seconds in a game that went to overtime. Went to oh, they, almost almost the entire entire overtime. Cincinnati yeah, had the and ball. Pickens played a lot. All right. Uh, anyway, sorry. Back to the notes. So let's see. We did buy or sell. We did waiver wire. Let me ask you, which busts were you concerned about today? Which players that? Sorry, this wasn't already in the notes. Uh, which which players that had bad games were busts today? Like Aaron Rodgers comes to mind. He scored three Trey points. Trey Lance, Lance definitely one of who, them. Uh, who? If anyone else that you're concerned about sounding some alarms? Uh, Montgomery. And I like I thought he made a really nice move on a 16 yard catch he had in the first half, and he just the times he got the ball. It was the same thing as always. Like he's dancing to beat three guys, and Khalil Herbert got it two times on one drive with a hole, and he hit the hole really well. And then he got a drive. They were kind of going two for Montgomery, one for Herbert, two for Montgomery, one for Herbert, and Herbert got scoring drive, and they just kept him in when they got inside the five. That's a bad side for David Montgomery. Okay, I'll tell you what I'm worried about. Um, we didn't really touch about touch on it, but one of my losers was just Patriots. I, I think everybody on the Patriots is, was a loser today. Damian Harris led them in snap share with 39%. Ty Montgomery was next, not Ramondre Stevenson, but it was close. Ty Montgomery was at 35%. Ramondre was at 26%. And that whole third down stuff that Belichick tried to feed us. Oh, yeah, Damian Harris and Reminder Stevenson are both good third-down players. I don't meal today. Look, Montgomery played eight of nine of their third-down snaps. He also caught a touchdown. It was it was a terrible-looking touchdown. He had to go low to catch a ball. He was laying on the ground. Nobody touched him. He rolled into the end zone like a child on a hill. But he scored, and that's what got him the fantasy points. But it's going to be a mess as long as one of those guys doesn't get hurt. So I I would be nervous if I drafted Harris reluctantly or if I drafted Ramondre Stevenson excitedly um, or if I drafted Ty Montgomery for any reason whatsoever. What about Rashad Bateman? I know he caught the touchdown there, but what you guys make of... You know, I would tell you, I, that was one game that I watched a lot of, and Lamar Jackson ended up with a pretty good Col- game. 
and he well, even, he started off horrible, just like yeah. a lot of other teams. But he didn't even he didn't play that well. So if he, if he had a good game today, he could have scored four. I, mean, I think I'd be encouraged if I was a Lamar, Lamar Jackson manager because he cobbled together a good game on a on a kind of an off day. But for mm-hmm. Bateman, he had the long touchdown. But uh, I don't know. It's kind of a weird day for the for the Ravens' offense. Um, what do you think of Bateman, guys? I mean, I like that he got the deep ball for a touchdown. I like that he went back to him after he did nothing in the first half, that Jackson went back to him. But you, you can't like that Duvernay caught all four of his targets. You can't like that likely didn't catch any of his four targets or that Demarcus Robinson got four targets. So there's going to be some significant competition. And again, talking about Mark Andrews, he led them in targets with seven. Didn't have a great fantasy game with him, but he's still going to be in the number one guy as far as targets goes in that offense. Bateman could be number two, but there's just so much competition that could keep him limited to that five to seven targets per game range that I, I think it's going to be he's going to need a lot of touchdowns like today, big plays like today for him to finish as a number two receiver this year. I just like we had him ranked pretty close to wide receiver 30. And I think wide receiver 30 is going to have a day like this with five or six targets and two or three catches. And you should feel pretty good about the fact you got a touchdown on this day. And there will be days where he has eight targets and catches five or six of them for 80 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I'm not changing my opinion on him based on this game. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster or Bateman? Juju. I think I'll take Juju and PPR. I think it's, I, you could probably make the case for Bateman and none. All right. You know, I see somebody here say DeAndre Swift was a big winner. Jay Savage is saying that. Let's get into our winners and our losers. Look, man, DeAndre Swift obviously had a great game, but he looked like the best running back in the I, I know. Like this is, <laughs> they shouldn't be splitting carries like this. It's ridiculous. And Jamal Williams got two goal line touchdowns. So I mean there is nothing wrong with DeAndre Swift, but imagine how good he could be. If he was the goal line back and was like a twenty touch guy every they week, they love Jamal Williams so much. That's so annoying. He's fun, but and Swift was celebrating when Williams scored. Like it's yeah, because they're teammates, and that's what teammates are supposed to do. Uh, Swift played thirteen of fourteen third down snaps. Jamal Williams played six of eight snaps inside of ten yards. So, so what I, do you I mean, do? I think you know the roles. I think you know what they're going to do. But right, right, right now, his value is is DeAndre Swift's value at its absolute highest point right now. Should you actually look to swap him for like a Najee Harris? Assuming, Damn let's no, say, not for let's say Najee, because you're worried about the foot. Yeah, no, because I, well, I didn't like Najee Harris before the season, so I don't like him. Would you? Now. How much would you have to give with DeAndre Swift to get Eckler? Eckler didn't have a great game. That's a good. If one. If you're trying to buy low on Eckler. I don't want to give a lot more, though. I, I know, but that's <laughs> that's the type of move. You still, even with this great game by Swift, you still have to give something with him to get Eckler. In a full PPR league, you might be able to turn him straight up into Derrick Henry. I don't know if you want to do that. I think I'd do that. May, you probably, you, you if you're worried about Swift as far as like health and being available to play, then sure, I think Henry will play more games. And I'm sure that Henry will have many more games where he looks dominant. And today isn't a microcosm. He's playing the Giants. Give him a break, man. Like he's playing the the NFC. This was a game that he should have absolutely popped off for a hundred and a. I'd rather have. I'll say I'd rather have Henry than than DeAndre Swift. How about you guys? 
I think I would, but I think it's pretty close. Yeah, I would. Barkley is an interesting one. I think you might rather have Barkley than Swift at this point. Adam? Yes, sir. I try not to spoil Sunday Night Football for you. Oh, no. But I just want to tell you that I just happened to open my phone to see what was going on in the game. And currently, Ezekiel Elliott is averaging 5.4 yards per carry. And Tony Pollard is averaging negative (laughs) (laughs) 4.5 yards. Yeah, I'm DVRing it. In fact, I forgot to put it on the TV. And guess who has the longest catch for the Bucks so far? That's the next thing I was going to say. Who is it? Julio? Yes. Julio Jones. Chris Godwin? Godwin. All right. I think I, I think I started him in a league. I think I had no I choice. And uh, if you love field goals, you'll love this game so far. All right. Winners, winners. Dave's winners are Pat Fryermuth, James Robinson, and Cordaro Patterson. Dave, give me a quick, uh, quick talk on Fryermuth and Patterson. Fryermuth was very involved in what the Steelers were doing. He was both a short and intermediate target. He had 10 targets in the game. And... No touchdowns, still gave you 12 PPR points. I think he's a week-in and week-out starter for you at tight end. Pretty pretty, uh, pretty good game for him. Patterson? Wow. Well, yeah. So first of all, Damian Williams got hurt. I don't know if I mentioned that. He got no, hurt. No, you didn't. And Tyler Algier was inactive. Right. So but, Patterson, I mean, the way that Patterson played, and again, another player who started off a little slow, but then once he got cooking, man, he, was, he looked like his old self from last year. He looked like Cordero Statterson. <laughs> he had the he best game a, of his he career. He looked a lot more like his old self than his young self. That's for sure. Right. <laughs> Which is great. That's what we want. But Career high I, I yards think for the him, Falcons have no choice. They've got to keep rolling with him now. Yeah. Uh, so he was only started in 31% of leagues. Patterson had 22 carries for 120 yards. Both of those were career highs and a touchdown. Yep. Uh, three catches for 16 yards. And you should be excited if you have Patterson on your fantasy team, but you can also try and trade him because there are a lot of unhappy fantasy managers with their running back. And you might be able to turn him into a receiver that certainly a receiver that was drafted ahead of him, but maybe a pretty good receiver Ooh, on the strength of I know. one game. How about would you trade Cordero Patterson for Allen Robinson? No. I'd no. <laughs> I'm I'm done with Robinson. No. Okay. I've seen enough. All right. Heath's, coach's film was that kind. Heath's winners. Clyde, Jarvis Landry, and Cordero Patterson. Now, before we get to Clyde, I'll just let you all know. Yes, Isaiah Pacheco had five more carries than Clyde Edwards-Elaire. Pacheco had almost all of them on the last two drives of the game, and it was a blowout. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, what do you think? Clyde Edwards-Elaire had just 10 touches, scored two, caught two touchdowns. Big winner for you? He was playing inside the five-yard line. He was being used in the passing game. He looked very spry. He was hugely successful in a big win. It's exactly the recipe for him getting to... Like, I think he is in a precarious situation, maybe even after this game, and moving forward. And I think if something goes wrong, Pacheco is showing things, and McKinnon's there, and things could still go bad for Clyde. But I think he secured his spot with this game. And uh, he's got a little bit longer leash than he had. Okay. How about Jarvis Landry? 43% rostered. We talked about him a little earlier. Seven catches, 114 yards, nine targets. Anything else? Just we already talked. Yeah, about I mean, him. we talked about Landry earlier too. Like he had more target. He was a leading receiver. Had more targets in this game than Michael Thomas. Um, does, does not seem like. And again, don't drop Chris Olave. I think he'll get involved at some point. But right now, it's just Thomas and, and Landry. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about the big losers from Fantasy Week One. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. 
If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Go to Heath's Losers. Brees Hall started in 46% of leagues. And he did get 12 touches in the game. Michael Carter had a really, really good game. Uh, Evan Ingram, who had four targets, four catches for 28 yards. And Robert Woods, totally silent. One catch, 13 yards on two targets against the Giants. Brees Hall, Evan Ingram, and Robert Woods. Gross, gross, and grosser. <laughs> um, like, it was awesome that Hall was so involved in the passing game and that the Jets already trust him to do that. I think that's a huge thing in his favor for maybe a monster second half. But Michael Carter's going nowhere off after a performance like that. Brees Hall is locked into a committee for longer than we would like. Um, I don't. I think if you drafted him as a number two running back, you should just change your vision of him, and he's your flex now. <laughs> and it might be a, a boomer bust flex situation. Uh, but I still think there's hope for the second half of the season. It's just going to take him longer to overtake Michael Carter than I had hoped. As far as Ingram and Woods go, hang on to them or look to the waiver wire? I don't need to hang on to Evan Ingram. I might try to hold on to Robert Woods. I'd probably try to hold on to Robert Woods for one more week, but I don't need to hold on to Evan Ingram. Robert Woods or Curtis Samuel? I would hold on to Robert Woods. I've always, I've never been a Curtis Samuel believer. Um, Me neither. But. Had to go over to the sideline limping one time in this game. Um, hmm. I, I just... I, I'll I'll give Robert with one more week, but Evan Ingram, goodbye. Dave's losers are Trey Lance, Amari Cooper, and the Patriots. I'm sorry, Dave. I think we talked about all of them. We did. We all don't right. need to beat any more horses. How about the family members of the day? The St. Browns both caught a touchdown within minutes of each other. Amonra St. Yeah, that was Brown pretty cool. and EQ St. Brown, Equinemius St. Brown, both catching touchdowns. Very cool. Congratulations to them. A um, couple of other, or a few other news items here before we recap the games. Rams center Brian Allen is out two to four weeks with a knee injury. And Rams running back Kyron Williams is out six to eight weeks after ankle surgery. And Sean McVay said Cam Akers has to do more maximizing the opportunities he gets. The Jets yes, put, you must do more with those three carries. <laughs> yeah, right. The Jets put their left tackle Dwayne Brown on IR. Um, Let's see. Two teams with terrible offensive line play. The Jets and the Rams. Yeah, and the Ravens lost their and left tackle for the season. They sure did. Well, their current and that left was tackle. His, that, was his, that was their backup left tackle. Right. Now, Juan Ronnie James. Stanley could be back soon, hopefully, but Jawan James is out for the season. Who knows? Um, Harrison Bucker left in the first quarter, but heroically came back and drilled a field goal at the end of the first half. Wondell Robinson left with an injury. Kansas City rookie cornerback Trent McDuffie left with an injury. Patriots safety Adrian Phillips, the same thing. 
Jameis Winston threw for 24 yards in the first half. And Amandra, that's incredible. And Amandra St. Brown, speaking of incredible, he just tied TJ Hashimazili, if you remember that football commercial, that fantasy football commercial. He tied TJ Hashimazili uh, for now the fifth consecutive game with eight plus catches and a touchdown. He and TJ Hushmanzada have that record five straight games with eight plus catches and a touchdown. Amandra St. Brown. What a pair. <laughs> That's something. You guys remember that commercial? Yes. I think it was actually an ESPN commercial, but it was a fantasy football commercial. No, it was for NFL's fantasy game. Okay. And it was like they were doing a draft, and this guy, guy was about to draft. And he goes, Hashimazili, put him yeah, on the board. He, did. yeah. he didn't know how to pronounce his last name. All right. Let's start with. I should probably. I always put these in in sort of like a chronological order, the way they're listed on CBSSports.com. I should really rearrange them for interest. But if the game sucks, then we won't spend that much time on it. Heath, it's your time. Your time to shine with Believe It or Not for Baltimore twenty-five and the Jets nine. Um, believe it or not, Elijah Moore is the number three wide receiver on the Jets. Nope. Don't believe it. Not me either. He was third on targets behind Corey Davis and Garrett Wilson. And the most annoying part of this entire equation, obviously, is that Corey Davis led the team in targets. Um, I was concerned about his contract not going away. And in fairness to him, he caught nine, six of nine targets for 77 yards. It's not like he's doing a bad he job. He led the team, didn't he? It's Corey Davis you know, led, you're talking led about. Led the team in all regards. It's well, no, I think Brees Hall led the team in targets. He led the right. wide receivers. Yeah, he led the receivers. Okay. It was very evenly distributed. You had Barrios with six, Moore with seven, Garrett Wilson with eight, Corey Davis with nine targets, and then, of course, the running backs. And, and as I mentioned earlier, 59 pass attempts. But And that's the thing is, like, if you assume – I wouldn't go all the way to half, but, like, even if you said they're going to throw 40 passes a game, you're chopping these targets a third off of them. So now you've got Corey Davis with six and Garrett and Wilson and Elijah Moore with five targets apiece. It's a pretty bad schedule for them. Their next three games are Miami, New England, and Buffalo. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Who, the, the, Jets? the Jets, yeah. No, that, that's not no, right, not. is it? No, no. They've got the no, they've uh, got the Browns, oh, that's the Bengals, the, that's and the Steelers. The, that's the Ravens' upcoming schedule. They basically swap schedules. The Ravens' next three games. The Ravens' first four games are against the AFC East, and the Jets' first four games are against the AFC North. So I'm sorry about that. Uh, they have the Browns, Bengals, and Steelers next. And then after that, it's the Dolphins, the Packers, who I still think are a good defense, despite what happened to them today. Uh, Denver after that, and then New England, and then Buffalo, and then a bye. Brutal schedule for the Jets. Anything else on this game, guys? Uh, I'm going to call J.K. Dobbins a big winner. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever he comes back. Uh, did you hear Jason LaConfora on Fantasy Football Today? No. Earlier Today. You would not be calling J.K. Dobbins a big winner. You would, yeah, exactly. He thinks that it's going to take more than just one game for Dobbins to be ready to go and that they're going to have to ease him in, and he may not be the J.K. Dobbins of old until the midway point of this season. Okay. I hope that's false, but I will and take his word for you know, it. He lives in Baltimore. He's connected to the Ravens. That doesn't sound very good. Cleveland 26 and Carolina 24, Heath. Uh, believe it or not, Baker Mayfield's actually not an upgrade for DJ Moore. Yeah, I think you kind of have to believe it. No, I don't believe that at all. 
Over no, Sam I don't Darnold. think he's worse. He's definitely an upgrade. Yeah. I, I This is going to be one of the do not believe. My most of believe it or not this week is probably just going to be me not believing things that happened yesterday. Um, but this is definitely one of those. It was a disappointing game. Um, but the, they just got destroyed by Miles Garrett for a good portion of that game. So you what do you think is going to happen when they go up against... I mean, they've got the Giants. <laughs> the week, so Giants. That be good. But, <laughs> I think they'll be. And then fine. they've got the Cardinals two weeks after that. But they've got the Saints in week three, the 49ers in week five, Rams in week six. They're going to have some tough matchups. They will. Um, I don't think. I'm yeah. not panicking. I'm not panicking on DJ Moore. Right. But I, I'm a little nervous that the target volume, that that spike that we were hoping for, uh, may be just very sparing. Well, look, time of possession is something that what he is. never gets talked about. They had the ball for 21 minutes and 34 seconds. So it's hard to be good. What was yeah. that? It was <laughs> nice, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love Sunday night shows, man. Well, right. What what happened? <laughs> I cannot say. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> no, my wife sent me a text. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, so McCaffrey disappointing game, but you know they whatever. He's thankfully he scored. Uh, let's talk about Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt here. Chubb with 22 carries for 141 yards, he had one catch. Kareem Hunt had 11 car- 11 carries, 46 yards, and a touchdown. And he caught a touchdown. He was their second leading receiver um, behind Donovan Peoples Jones, who had 11 targets. But Dave, what do you think about Chubb and Hunt going forward? They get the Jets next week. Uh, I like the matchup for him against the Jets. Uh, I don't think the Jets' run defense is good just because they stopped the Ravens' running backs. That's not a big big deal. Hunt played more snaps. He was playing the majority of third downs. They obviously like to use him in the red zone. They had a play drawn up for him with Chubb on the field. Chubb's still a great talent, too. I think they're both usable. The, the story really hasn't changed. And uh, you're going to start Chubb each week. And Kareem Hunt should be in your RB2 consideration. If you're using them as a flex, then you're really winning. Colts 20, Texans 20. Um, do we have to hold on to Amari Cooper for 11 weeks and wait for Deshaun Watson to come back? Well, if you don't, someone else will. <laughs> so it's up. It's it's a choice you'll have to make as a fantasy manager how long you want to stick with Cooper. But he's the only one, right? Yeah, you can definitely move on from Njoku if you want to. All right, Colts 20. And Houston 20, a pretty disappointing tie for Houston. Probably a game they feel like they should have won. What do we got for Believe It or Not? What, what's more disappointing, uh, the tie or the fact that Damian Pierce got treated like a rookie? Like, big time got treated like a rookie. Um, Adam. Yes, sir. I need you to come up with some sort of punishment you can do to us, preferably like electric shock therapy next year <laughs> when we get excited about somebody in the preseason. When somebody does something good in this preseason, and I get excited about them, and I say something good about them, I would like for you to push a button that shocks me and says, don't do that. Preseason things are not real. Yeah, well, I mean, everything was pointed to him, you know, leading the team in carries, at least you would have thought. It it ended up with Pierce with 11 and Burkhead with 14. Burkhead had five catches. Pierce had one. Uh I did not really like Pierce this week because, like I said, he didn't face a first-team defense all all uh, preseason. But maybe it's just going to take some time. It, it usually does. Unless you're talking about a first-round pick rookie running back, 
it yeah. usually takes time for them to claim that job. Um, you know, so I guess maybe maybe we shouldn't be too surprised, but maybe we shouldn't be too panicked about Damian Pierce. Don't drop him. No, just no. Of course, you no. can't start him probably at Denver next week. No, it's a wait no. and see. Uh, what about what player. about picking up Rex Burkhead? He can sit next to Amari Cooper because <laughs> Burkhead might have the passing downs. That that might not change, and he had five. He catches. did on Sunday. Yeah. So what about picking up Burkhead at twenty percent rostered? I don't think I'd I'd target him over the other running backs that might be available on the waiver wire. The guys that we talked about, the Jalen Warrens of the world, and, and others of that ilk. But if you're in a deeper league, of course you should pick up Burkett. He played almost 75% of the snaps today. I think he's probably more valuable in leagues with deeper starting lineups too, like double flex leagues. Because I could see him being a good second flex in a PPR league. Until Pierce takes over. Who knows when that'll be. Hopefully sooner than later. Texans also didn't have any snaps inside the 10-yard line today. So we don't know if Burkett is also Mm. their short yardage goal line. Boy, the Colts ran 90 plays compared to 68 for the Texans. 90. By the way, did Davis Mills score the most points of all the year two quarterbacks? He must have, right? Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Davis Mills, and who am I forgetting? Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence. Oh, that guy, the one who was number one overall. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he scored more than all of them at 19. Um, Radical. Jonathan Taylor, 31 carries. Matt Ryan, 50 50 pass attempts. He gets Jacksonville next week, who just got shredded by Carson Wentz, so that's that'll be interesting. Anything else from this game from a season-long perspective? Are you happy with Naheem Hines getting you uh, 11 PPR points? Um, yeah. yeah. It's fine. Worth holding on to, right? It's it's fine. Washington like and Jacksonville. Taylor caught four passes. Washington oh, Alan Pierce had uh, two end zone targets. I believe he dropped one of them. He did. All right, Washington 28, Jacksonville 22. Heath? Um, believe it or not, James Robinson will be the best running back in Jacksonville this year. I'll buy it in non-PPR. I'm not ready to buy it in full PPR. Man, I don't know, Heath. I don't know. I, I think so. I think he will be. Round two. Believe it or not, Antonio Gibson will be the best running back in Washington this year. <laughs> I like how they used him. I really, I they they went pretty far with the targets and the catches, and that's part of the reason why I think Samuel did well. I wonder if, uh, when Robinson comes back, if he's as, the guy that we saw in the preseason. I think that might kill Gibson and Samuel. Do I think he's going to be the best running back in Washington all year? No, I think Robinson will catch up to him. But this was a very nice game for Gibson. We'll talk about Zay Jones on Tuesday. He's 4% rostered, six catches, 65 yards on nine targets. I'm worried. He almost I'm, had a touchdown, too. Just thrown a little wide of him. I'm worried I'm going to get too excited about Christian Kirk, but this was a terrific debut. 12 targets, six catches, 117 yards. Mm-hmm. No, he was used well. He was good. As of now, he's got to be considered a must-start, right? Yes. Um, I'm pretty sure Devin Lloyd is rostered in enough IDP leagues to not be a, a, a must-add in IDP. Okay. 11 total tackles for him. Uh, Miami 20 and New England 7. It is just weird that the Dolphins are just clearly better than the Patriots. It's just bizarro world right now. But uh, Miami 20, New England 7. This is a disappointing opener for the Dolphins, right? Like, they got the defensive touchdown and they, they beat the Patriots. Like, for, for their fans, it's fine. But for, like, the Tua experience, 
No, it wasn't like a, a firework show. Um, believe it or not, you should not start any Patriots ever again. <laughs> like for the rest of our lives? <laughs> uh, for it now, I to. believe that. Yeah, this is exactly what we didn't want to see. Pittsburgh and Baltimore and Green Bay next week. Coming up. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, if, if, yeah, I can't trust them. Bench them all. Put them with Amari Cooper and Damian Pierce. Yep, you're left with no one to start. We need more bench spots. <laughs> what do you think about Chase Edmonds? He had 12 carries, only went for 25 yards. Raheem Mostert, five carries for 16 yards. Edmonds did have four catches. So that's 16 touches compared to just six for Mostert. And that's encouraging. Not a great game, but encouraging usage, I'd say. Do you think that continues going forward? What are your thoughts on Edmonds here? More encouraged than discouraged. Okay. I I don't know if he'll ever be a true running back without like he's an air back. He's great through the air. He's good on the edges. I don't know if he'll ever be like the prototypical running back. And I don't know if they've got one. Moster might be the closest thing they have to it. Okay. They, would they you, had a hard time which, committing to like grinding down the clock in the fourth quarter. They ended up throwing a little more than we thought that they should. It was nice to see Tyreek Hill, you know, be a, a number one receiver. And, of course, you're, you know, I wouldn't say he got lucky on Waddle because that's what Waddle does. 42-yard touchdown, catch and run, he's that good, but he only had five targets. Right. That part's a little scary. Would you rather have Chase Edmonds or Clyde edwards Elaire? Clyde. Yeah, I... I just I think Clyde's offense and his role might make him a little better. Okay. Oh, that was another buy or sell of mine. Buy or sell, the Chiefs' offense is lost without Tyreek Hill. Oh, yeah, they're just <laughs> horrible shape. They really needed a more accurate passer like Tua. New Orleans 27, Atlanta. That's good. That's good. Uh, Atlanta 26. Talk about a disappointing loss. Wow, the Falcons. Uh, they, have, they seem to have a lot of these types of losses. Uh, Saints win by one. Heath. Uh, believe it or not, Drake London's a start until further notice. He's a flex. He's a flex. I don't like the matchup next week. We didn't like the matchup after. this week. No, I didn't. I didn't like the matchup, but he got you 12 PPR points. It's okay. Um, I think he'll be right around there. What it really should have been was we should sit Kyle Pitts next time he plays the Saints. That is now, I believe, 89 receiving yards on 19 targets in three games. Wow. Oh, that's good because that makes me feel a little bit better about it. Uh, You had two pretty huge busts in this game. You had Alvin Kamara, who had nine carries and three catches, and Kyle Pitts, who had two catches for 19 yards. So any concerns about those guys? I hate that Taysom Hill is still a thing because he's taking numbers away from the run game for New Orleans. It's brutal. Yeah, and, and Ingram's a thing, too. I mean, Ingram is going to... Alvin Kamara, when you compare him to the guys that, are, that were drafted in his range, well, I guess if you compare him to, like, DeAndre Swift and Aaron Jones, the, they, they have the same types of concerns. In fact, he has probably fewer concerns at the goal line. But compared mm-hmm. to guys like Najee Harris and Joe Mixon and Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara has a lot more concerns at the goal line than those guys. Yeah. yeah. Sure. But I'd still... I'd love to buy low on Kamara. Ten offensive offensive plays that went to either Ingram or Taysom Hill. How about Alvin Kamara or DeAndre Swift? 
I'll stick with Kamara for at least one more week. I think so, too. Philadelphia 38 and Detroit 35. Bonanza. Heath. Yeah. Um, believe it or not, Jalen Hurts should have been QB1 this week. Why? What happened? Three rushing touchdowns from the one-yard line where Hertz was tackled, Goddard was tackled on a passing touchdown. Like, it was almost an enormous day. He scored 24 fantasy points and was responsible for one touchdown. Yeah, it was a terrific day for him. 90 rushing yards. Fine, I'll believe uh, No, I'm not going to believe it. I, Patrick Mahomes was, was five <laughs> touchdowns. Uh, exactly. No, believe it or not, Monroe St. Brown's a top 20 wide receiver until someone takes targets from him. Yeah, I believe like that. Jameson Especially Williams if you think... Or- if, if you think, like my biggest argument against St. Brown all offseason is there's no way he's going to keep getting a ton of targets. Well, here he was getting a third of the targets again for the Lions. If it's going to continue, then obviously he's going to be great for fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was encouraged by Miles Sanders. I don't know how you guys felt. I know he, Gainwell, and Boston Scott all had a rushing touchdown, a short yardage rushing touchdown, but... I was really keeping track of who was in at the goal line. And there were definitely times, you're not at the goal line, but close to the goal line. There were definitely times when it was the other guy, but usually that was in the hurry-up situation. Uh, when they were substituting and declaring a goal line back, basically, it was typically Miles Sanders. And not to mention, he just got a lot more more work than Gainwell and Scott. Gainwell had seven touches, Scott had four, and Sanders had 15. So I, you know... For as long as he stays healthy, I thought this was very encouraging, and, and he might be a guy that we just start. What do you think? I hadn't done the math yet. So it looked like there were 26 running back touches, and he got 15 of them? Yes. Um, yeah, I think that's that's encouraging, slightly. He might be a, a – maybe he belongs in that 20 to 25 range instead of the 26 to 30 range of running back. I mean, how many games do they have where they're going to play a defense like Detroit? A lot. Well, Minnesota next week. I think he can do okay there. Washington after that. Right. Jacksonville, Arizona, Dallas. It's a good schedule. Yeah, the schedule's really good. I I take him over the Patriots running backs in a heartbeat. 100%. Of course. Yeah. You know, the biggest worry that you've got with Sanders is that he's going to have a game where he has, well, first of all, he could get hurt. hurt. (laughs) And the second one is that he could have some games with with, uh, some empty carries where he has three or four nice runs between the 20s, and then he doesn't end yeah. up scoring. Sanders or Clyde, Heath asked? Yes. Dave, Sanders or Clyde? I think I'll take Sanders. Uh, I'll uh, – Sanders, Sanders, Clyde. I'll take Clyde. I, I think uh, all of the concerns that you have for Sanders, you could have about a lot of running backs. That's why they were drafted in that range. Would, yep. would you take Daryl Henderson or Miles Sanders? Sanders. Sanders. All right. And Clyde's not catching two touchdowns every week. He might run for, he might be responsible for a touchdown a little more often than he's been in the past. All right. Let me go to the next game. Pittsburgh 23, Cincinnati 20. I'm still a little nervous about him, actually. Heath, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati. If, believe it or not, if T. Higgins and Najee Harris are out, the top two waiver wire claims come from this game. They won't end up coming from this game, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much I love Warren. Like I know we look good in camp and all that, but there's there's elements of this offense that make me 
pretty nervous. Like all of it. This, there's elements that lie to us during the, <laughs> like the entire collective. Uh, Dave, thing. I'm saying, man, this is the preseason. You know, like yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think they'll be up there for sure. Uh, Warren, in particular. Could I could I develop a shtick where I just say? Like I'm the fantasy guy who doesn't watch the preseason because you guys are just all getting dumber <laughs> <laughs> and then not watch any preseason football. How it feels. If that gets you out of watching preseason football, then yeah, I'd sign up for I'm that gonna too. I'm going to try it next year. Yeah, those guys are going to be hot waiver wire priorities, especially Tyler. But no, I mean Warren. Warren will since he's coming from such a low point, will obviously be on the most added list. Boyd won't be able to gain as much. He's 54, I think, percent owned. Uh, what? So good start for Deontay Johnson. Twelve targets. Claypool had six. Pickens had three. If you can exercise some patience with Pickens, then you should. And I don't know how much there is to talk about in this game. I, I just think it's hard to know who's going to be the number one wide receiver in fantasy. But these guys are going to freaking duke it out um, all season long. Uh, I would also say very lo- loving seven catches by Joe Mixon, which is picking up where he left off. Uh, in the last six games of the 2021 season, including the playoffs, so he was catching a ton of passes. He had to be towards the bottom of the uh, fantasy points per touch rankings this week. Well, he didn't score, and he had 34 touches. Uh, He had 14. He had had 21 PPR fantasy points. I think he was a top-five running back, actually. He's up there. Burrow threw 53 times. Yeah. So that's obviously playing into it and why he had so many targets and catches. Uh, Chicago 19 and San Francisco 10. Believe it or not, they need to break ground on the new stadium in Arlington Heights in the, Chicagoland. ASAP. I, I was going to say the new grass they put down did a phenomenal job. It held up really well. Okay. Uh, after they squeegeed the field <laughs> before That's the game. That's pretty cool. I didn't even know you could squeegee the squeegee grass. Well, you know, there's all kinds of backwards crap in Chicago. Um, believe it or not, you can drop Cole Komet. No. Mm, <laughs> For who? For with a guy who's going to have no catches next week? For Dawson Knox and, and Mike Kosicki, you know? Like, I don't think dropping anybody for Dawson Knox. No, I'm just saying, like, that. this this is tight. This is low end, tight end, you know? Yes. It is, but this isn't what we were hoping for with Komet. We spent all offseason talking about how there's no one else other than Mooney. In, in the passing game for Chicago, and uh, literally no wide receiver or tight end had more than one catch for the Bears in this game. They I don't think this is representative of the Bears at all. You're, I'm keeping Komet. The, they did not complete a pass to a wide receiver or a tight end in the first half of this game. Great the, stuff. The offensive game plan, like the ghost of Matt Nagy, was in the headset. <laughs> it was... Just disgusting. But they got the win, so they maybe did. they'll do it again next week. Amazing. And that's also kind of the ghost of Matt Nagy. Like he kind of won sometimes until he didn't. Uh, Darnell Mooney, what's your panic level on, on Mooney? It's low. It's the same as on Komet. Just Why didn't we have a panicometer? Worryometer? Yeah, we should have worry. We'll do worryometer Wednesday. Okay. For sure. Uh, Mooney had one, one catch for eight yards on three targets. Not a great game for, for Fields and just... Let's let's just almost, blame the conditions. Conditions. I really think you you may you. I think you have to throw out almost everything in this game for Chicago, and I think you might want to throw out everything in this game for the 49ers. By the way, next time uh, before we get to the four o'clock games, we have four of them. Uh, 
does anyone look more valuable right now than Travis Kelsey? <laughs> How bad was tight end today? You know, I obviously not concerned yeah, at all true. about Andrews, but he didn't have a great game and Pitts was dreadful. Uh, Do you have the list fine. of the top tight ends in fantasy yeah, this Taysom, week? I'm we pretty sure do a segment, the top five at each position. I know. I, I didn't want the show to be four hours today because we just have so much. Well, we're working on it. We're 25% of the way there. Yeah. Uh, Kelsey, <laughs> OJ Howard, Taysom Hill, Gerald Everett, Pat Fryermuth, and then Darren Waller, Tyler Conklin, Zach Ertz. Those were your top tight ends. And Kelsey crushed them all. 26 points for him. OJ Howard at 17. Uh, all right. Four more games to go. Here we go. Minnesota 23, Green Bay 7. Um. Yeah, believe it or not, AJ Dillon's better than Aaron Jones. No, I don't believe it. I'm not ready to believe that yet. A little scary, though. You know. Sure. Uh, believe it or not, Alan Lazard was a big winner today. Oh yeah, that's a great call. How about Watson dropping oh. that deep ball? He was so open. It was a great throw. Are we hundred percent right sure that Rogers is going to come back to work next week? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think he will come back to work. Not a good. Day and he plays office. Chicago. I, I would imagine that, like, this is like the ultimate get-right game for him. And it's then a big game for the then Bears. It's, then it's Tampa, so it's going to go right back. No the wonder other way. this is such a great show. All three of our teams won today. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. The Bear, Dave. That that's big my Bears first fan. time in show history. That has to be the first time in show history. <laughs> uh, my team is the Miami Hurricanes. Hey, yeah, the too. Vikings too. <laughs> oh yeah, the Vikings. Shafy T, repping the Vikings. Let's go, Skull. Skull, man. Oh, Justin Jefferson was pretty good today. There was an Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Aaron Rodgers threw his first interception against the NFC North since 2019. He had thrown 38 straight touchdowns without an interception against NFC North opponents, the longest streak in NFL history against divisional opponents. That is insane. All right, anything else from this game here? I think Dave actually, I want to give him some credit since he's not on the stream right now and he won't hear it. I think Dave no, I'm here, actually I'm here, I'm predicted here. on FFT that Aaron Rodgers would not throw a touchdown pass today. It was my player prop. It was my best player prop of the week on the nice early work, edge man. Friday show. Uh, and Adam th- and you got huge odds on it. Adam Thielen was a bit of a dud today. Three catches, 36 yards on four targets. That's a worryometer. Because if, if this offense tilts to just feeding Jefferson, a la the Rams with Cup, then yeah. how many games are we going to have? Thielen's just going to be right back to, you got to have him score and do a little bit I, more just I, to be good. I think when they play a more competitive team, they'll throw more. It'll be better. Philadelphia next week. A more competitive team. Oh, that's a that's a juggernaut of a game there, Vikings at Eagles. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> let's go. You should, I think you should drop... Irv, you should drop uh, Cole Komet for Irv Smith because while they both had zero catches, Smith had twice as many targets. Uh, JK, JK. Oh, please. Kansas City 44, Arizona 21. Thank you, garbage time, for Kyler Murray. Uh, that was wonderful. Marquise Brown. What do you got, Heath? Believe it or not, Patrick Mahomes is currently the odds-on favorite for the MVP. No, I'm going to say Josh Allen. Yeah. But those are your two leaders. 360 and five. This is pretty good. He did it against a bad Cardinals defense. Like this was a defense that I I earmarked as being terrible, and they lived up to that expectation. It's a tougher challenge. Let's see if he gets five touchdowns against the Chargers next week. Uh, Buy or sell, James Conner is going to be a stud this season. He had almost every running back touch until it was 37-15. 
Uh, it was just inefficient again. It's the same story as last year. I think he's going to be a number two running back. All right. Yeah. You know, Benjamin had seven touches, but six of them came after it was a 22 point game late in the third quarter. Uh, Marquise Brown had a garbage time I mean, touch. Oh, Greg Dorch. Can somebody yeah. say something about Greg Dorch, please? <laughs> seven for that 63. was a tower special. Yeah. Uh, Towers uh, was talking about. Do you remember that? Yeah, on the yeah. live stream. Greg Dorch, man. He loved him, Greg Dorch. Yeah, he was a preseason superstar for them, and they gave him an opportunity today. See, Heath, this is why you have to watch preseason football for Greg Dorch. For Greg Dorch. Seven catches, 63 yards on nine targets. We'll talk about him on Tuesday. Chargers 24, Raiders 19. Weird that there were only 30, uh, 43 points scored in this game. Chargers 24, Raiders 19. Yeah, I thought that would be a higher-scoring game. Uh, believe it or not, we will be dropping Hunter Renfro before October. Uh, before, yes. Oh, October? That's like very soon. <laughs> before That's, November, uh, definitely. You know, I'm going to believe it. It's approximately three weeks from now. I guess. I don't love it. Thoughts on Josh Jacobs? 10 carries, 57 yards. Brandon Bolden had two catches and a touchdown. Jacobs had just one catch. Dominated the carries, but uh, uh, not a great game script for him, I guess. But what would you think? I'm going to start him against Arizona next week. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Uh, I was encouraged. Well, Brandon Bolden was the passing downs back. Yeah. Not Amir Abdullah. Austin Eckler did not score, but definitely was in near the goal line a lot. So that was good. Yes, he was. And are we shaking this off with Mike Williams? Bad week? I probably will at least one more week. I might I'll probably wear three of these. What? You've gotta you've gotta go right back. So I'll probably wear week. three of these. I don't know what that means. Like meaning like um when you get hit by a pitch oh. and a baseball game, they just say wear it. Yeah. Just take it and go to yeah. take your base. Okay. Like I'm just gonna he does this three weeks in a row. I'm just gonna start him three weeks in a row. Okay. Right. If we get to week four, then we'll talk about it. Next week, high-scoring game, theoretically, or at least it should be against Kansas City, and there might not be any Keenan Allen. Go yeah. right back to Michael. Um, would you drop Cole Komet or Irv Smith for Gerald Everett? Oh, if I knew that there was no Keenan Allen? Yes. Yeah, that, that would be definitely an influential there. All right, let's get to the game of the week. Best for last. Giants oh, 21, okay. Titans 20. How, how clenched up were you when they went for two? Because we had a big debate oh, in the office. I, first of all, I, whether I knew, or not they should go. I, for they two. absolutely should have gone for two. It was a little over a minute left. They were. It was uh, twenty to nineteen. I made at that the point. case for it. I wasn't as like listen, into man. It as you seem to be. I, I knew they were going to lose on a game-winning field goal. The only thing that uh, somehow the Titans missed it. But you go for two there. Like you absolutely go for two. Why not? You don't want to play more. You don't want to play overtime. Yeah. So they go for I two. That- and and they should have been stuffed. Barkley made an amazing play. Amazing play to score on that. Uh, so the Tennessee really should have held him out of the end zone. But any other any takeaways from this game or any believe it or nots? That's a question for Heath Cummings. Yeah. Um I think we talked about just about everybody though. Believe it or not, Kyle Phillips be better than Traylon Burks next week. Next week is Buffalo. Buffalo. Buffalo's, it's gonna be a tough week. Buffalo's defense sucks anyway. Uh, Look, I tweeted congrats to the Titans on their game-winning field goal with with a right. We with read that time. Out loud. That is an excellent reverse jinx. <laughs> <laughs> I 
It's well just, done. First of all, a lot of teams going up or tying the game late. It's almost like, why are you getting excited? It is so easy to get into field goal range for these teams. Right. I mean, you know, so yeah, it, was good. it was a good reverse jinx. I thank you. It, it finally worked. Um, yeah. All right. This game was pretty, pretty basic. Dontrell Hilliard. Unfortunately, Derrick Henry did not have the passing downs rule. Dontrell Hilliard didn't. He caught two touchdowns. Would he be the handcuff, do you think, for Derrick Henry? Dontrell Hilliard. The most valuable one. I think so. But Hassan Haskins was also up. Chestnut was inactive. I do not know what would happen if Henry were to go down with an injury. I'm not sure Hilliard's role would change that much. Richie James over Kadarius Tony. And that will end our show. I'm going to go watch Sunday Night Football. Apparently, Dak Prescott has thrown at least one interception. And I am going to also do FFT and 5 with Chris Towers. We're going to give the biggest winners and losers from Fantasy Week 1. Thanks to Dave and Heath. Good night, everybody. Or if you're listening in the morning, have a wonderful Monday. And we'll talk to you soon. We have a Monday episode, actually, with Jacob Gibbs on Fantasy Football today.